Today on My First Concert, we talk with Tori Van Oot, Nick Halter, and Audrey Kennedy. It's just this amazing picture of Mick Jagger standing in front of this tiny little dive bar, and everybody around them just smoking, drinking, like not, not <laughs> yeah. looking at him. He's got his shoulder on a drink he's rail with like a, he's like a beer in his hand, and nobody even notices that he's there. He's just standing. Audrey, Tori, and Nick are the three journalists who write the Axios Daily, which you can subscribe to like I do for an update every morning on what's happening here in the Twin Cities, from breaking news to stories about business spinoffs to amphitheater development and Shakopee to the latest on Hero Pay. Uh, fun stuff like uh, Twin Cities' newest sculpture. A lot of people buzzing about that 16-foot-tall number two pencil carved from an old tree outside of uh, Lake of the Isles. So everything, they cover everything. And so we want to bring him in today to talk with him on my first concert and find out more about him. Hi, friends. Dave Lee here along with our producer, Brianne. And welcome back to my first concert brought to you by Propane.com, which we will talk about here in just a minute. Maybe some things you may not know about propane. It's also brought to you by Star Bank. That's a Minnesota bank that not only serves rural Minnesota, but also located as well right here in the Twin Cities. Another cool story, and we'll talk more about them uh, at starbank.net during the process of this podcast. But first of all, uh, Nick, thanks for coming over. Good to see you again. Good to see you, Dave. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Nick and I have known each other a long time. And uh, Tori, thank you for coming in as well. Appreciate that. Thanks. Fun to be here. Yeah, great to have you here. Audrey, appreciate your time today. Yeah, thank you. This is my first podcast, so I'm very Woo-hoo. excited. Well, yeah, no, don't, no reason to be nervous on this podcast, I yeah. can tell you that much. <laughs> well, then I'm going to give you a chance to listen to your, your uh, co-workers here. But Axios Daily, by the way, has become quite popular. It has, yeah. We launched a, about 18 months ago. We were one of the first Axios newsletters uh, to launch. The, it's a national company that's starting these in as many cities as we can right now. But um, yeah, we, we've been around for, for 18 months, and we already have over 100,000 uh, daily readers. So Yeah, so and every, you got to touch on kind of everything that's going around the Twin Cities. I mean, you do, don't you? Or yeah, you got- the, the idea is to help... You know, our real motto or idea is to help you get smarter back, smarter faster about mm-hmm. the news unfolding in your own backyard. So uh, the whole newsletter should take less than four minutes to read. Our editor is lovely and loves cutting all of our extra words. <laughs> so we can promise we won't waste your time. And we'll just catch you up on the news of the day and fun stuff like pencil statues and things to do. Uh, a little bit of everything. The unbearable weight of massive talent. Any good or not? Oh, really good. Really good. That's the new Nicolas Cage movie where he... Mm-hmm plays Nicolas Cage, um, uh, who gets himself into a little bit of a situation involving some uh, spy craft, uh, drug cartels or gun cartels, uh, travel to Mallorca, something like that. Uh, it's a really fun movie. Yeah, and you're watching that. Aud- uh, uh, Audrey's watching Nope. I did. I just saw it two nights ago. And? Um, I was a big fan. I didn't think that you could combine... I guess sci-fi, horror, comedy, and Western in one movie and make it work and be good. But <laughs> it was very, like very, it. very good. Really? <laughs> yeah. I liked it more than Jordan Peele's other movies, so I would recommend. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. And uh, The Bear, Nick. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. Oh, it's a, it's one of my favorite ones that's come out in a while. But uh, the basic premise is that uh, a, sh- a big-time chef from New York City, like he's the top young chef, has to come back home to Chicago to run his deceased brother's Italian beef shop. And it is just a great, 
like uh, look at like what what it's like in the kitchen of a restaurant, but also like the Chicago culture, and it's 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 pretty funny and. A little bit touching too. It's a hot show. I mean, my fr- yeah. I, I haven't seen it yet, but my friends are texting me memes <laughs> about it. Yeah, it's like, the yeah. the Chicago accents are spot on. Like clearly, chefs were involved in making the show because like it's a good. It, it teaches you a lot about you know cooking and making. Food. Should ask our Axia Chicago friends about it. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes I find that watching some of the shows, the second season doesn't match up to the first occasionally. Yep. Do you ever run into that on any of these? Uh, I'm trying to yeah, Red yeah, Oaks. Yeah, yeah. Did you see Red Oaks? No. 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 Oh, funny! First funny. I thought the first season was really funny. Second season, I kind of, it kind of lost me. Lost it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just hard in general for the writers to keep these things relevant long. Yep. You know, for a long time. And I think the smart ones just quit earlier. Like, like Breaking Bad, sort of was smart about like this is a great show, but like we're out of ideas. Yeah. Like let's end this thing. You know. What is it? Hustle with Adam Sandler. I don't, I don't know what I was yeah. expecting. I I wasn't expecting what I saw, which I really liked. I, I liked it too, yeah. yeah. And I liked. I, I thought Anthony Edwards was good. I, I wish he, had he was a few great. More, uh, two more lions, you <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, but. you you didn't like him, did you? In yeah. that movie, I mean, he really played that uh, villain well. If they make a second one, I think he could be like the Apollo Creed, where you know, yep. maybe he gets a bigger role in it. Well, let me go to your first concert, Tori. Let me start with you. First concert. That's the name of the show. We always want to kind of know if uh, what your first concert might have been, or among. Your first concerts. Yeah, so I had to think about it. I grew up, uh, I'm not from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I've lived here for a couple of years. My husband's from uh, St. Louis Park, but I grew up in a small town in Vermont. So big shows didn't exactly come to Brattleboro, Vermont <laughs> <laughs> on their tour of uh, right in the southern corner of the state. But I went for my 16th birthday. I actually brought the t shirt. Oh, wow. Let's see it. I went to see uh, John Mayer. Fall tour 2002 oh my. with a couple of girlfriends down in Amherst, Massachusetts, which is a college town. That's where UMass is mm-hmm. um, and Amherst College itself. Uh, yeah. And so it was a really big deal to me because I never got to go to big stadium shows yeah. or big concerts or anything. And my mom drove me down, uh, but she was kind enough to book my friends and I tickets uh, separate from her and my little sister. Smart. So uh, that was my first big show. And uh, do you remember? I'm sure you don't remember the price of the tickets, do you? Well, I didn't pay for them. It's a birthday present. Okay, so okay. <laughs> so, I, so you didn't do it. But I'm, I'm sure I paid. You didn't do any t- investigative journalism to find out what she paid. <laughs> no, I just remember it being fun. Um, you know, that was yeah. when like he was really popular, just up and coming. Then, yeah. like my body is a wonderland. Yeah. Like all those songs. You know, we're 16 year old girls, kind of swooning. Mm-hmm. More than anything, I remember the T-shirt I wore to the concert. Really? Because it was also a birthday present, and I had wanted this like silly overpriced t-shirt it was like a plain red t-shirt that cost like thirty dollars which especially at the time seemed like a lot of money so there's no uh, there's no star no saying no, just a plain it red was t-shirt just a plain red t-shirt and it was a little too small <laughs> <laughs> I, I can tell that from looking at the picture but uh yeah that was i mean i had a couple other things before that like i remember being at an all-star game at fenway and smash mouth playing you know but that's not oh, like wow. a full concert yeah that's but still like a, uh, you know, they're on top of the, um, like the, the warm up bullpen area, you know, playing all-star, but, uh, but that was my first concert. Man, while you're at the all-star game at Fenway, yeah, I, I, it doesn't get much better than that. Oh, Fenway. Have you been to Fenway? I have. I've broadcast games oh, at Fenway. It's the best. Yeah. I mean, we used to go there, girl, Vermont, you know, it's like two hours from Boston. So big summer outing would be to go into Boston, go to a Red Sox game, uh, 
growing up. We were there. I, we did, I think it was a double header one time. I can't remember. I thought it was. But anyway, I remember we went to the PA guy and had a friend of ours, Paige, because he always wanted to hear his name announced at Fenway. Oh, <laughs> Attention, Nick Halter, could you come to Section 6? Nick Halter. And he was all thrilled. <laughs> he had his name announced at Fenway Park. We oh, went, I, yeah. I'm, I'm digressing. No, so go for it. We're, the first time I'm there, but I mean, that is such a hallowed place. And if you're a baseball fan, it's even, even more so. So uh, my buddy Stephen, Steve Inc. is a producer at the time, and I'm broadcasting the Twins games, filling in for Herb Carneal, who was at the Hall of Fame event, I think, not too far in Cooperstown, mm-hmm. New York. But anyway, uh, so we get to get down to the 91. So we get to the in the dugout or the locker room, and the Twins are there, Herbeck and, and Kevin Tappany and that, you know, that world championship team. And I'd gotten to know him just because I was you know, doing some stuff. So we went in the, in the locker room, saw them, and I said, hey, do you think they'd mind if we went out and saw the Green Monster, you know, left field? And, oh, you got to go see the Green And this was before the game started. So then I go out, and the coaches, a bunch of coaches, Gardy and Stelly and all these guys, were, Terry, were all sitting out in the dugout. And uh, I knew them, and I said, hey, do you mind if Steve, the angster, and I go out and touch the Green Monster? <laughs> and Wade Boggs was taking ground balls at third base, warming up and and of course they're laughing you got to go do it so we ran out there and jumped you had to jump a little bit to touch it so i could still jump then so we (laughs) jumped up we touched the green monster we high-fived each other we came running in the coaches everybody's cheering bogs are all cheering for us there's not many nobody's in the stadium beside (laughs) those guys but to us it was the green monster so i called my wife and i and uh i said hey i said you're not gonna believe this i said we inkster and i went out and and got to touch the green monster today. And she said, what does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, never mind. (laughs) Never mind. But it was a big deal for us. So when you talk about Fenway and the All-Star Game in Smash Mouth, how cool is that? It's a a special place. You haven't been yet, Nick, right? I just went went, went in September for the first time and saw a game there. And I thought that ballpark, um, you know, a lot of the old ballparks sort of are like, oh, they're, they're, charming and but they're not that nice i think like fenway is both like cool historic charming yeah. but it also still holds up really well like i i thought it's a good layout and like it's not it's it doesn't feel like a dump you know so yeah it's easy to walk to too when you're in boston yep. yes nice walk i love so. the little yeah. alleys out there where people are serving hot dogs and there's oh. out there and yeah even if you don't get into the game it's fun yeah. yeah yeah all right nick your first concert what was it I can't believe I'm telling the story because it's like the most embarrassing story of my life. That's that's the best. Uh, Those are the best stories. <laughs> I was, I was, I just looked up. It was 2001, so I was like 16 or 17. And at this point in time, like I was a, just a pimply faced teenager, and girls did not talk to me at all. <laughs> and two girls, John uh, Mayer was talking yeah. to all the girls. That's yeah, a problem. Exactly. That's yeah, what you're yeah. At. exactly. <laughs> These two girls uh, that uh, asked me and my friend Mike to come to the Britney Spears concert with them. They had two extra tickets. <laughs> I had never been to a concert. Girls didn't talk to me at this point in time. Yeah. Who was I to say no to this? You were smarter than the rest of us. I had very little interest in seeing Britney Spears. <laughs> uh, I could not turn down two cute girls asking me to go to Britney Spears concert. And so we went. And I mean, it's exa- exactly as you'd expect it to. It was me and Mike and just teenage girls. That was, that was it. Yeah. Uh, but And, you know... Well, that if could have been was, too disappointing for you. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, in theory. Uh, <laughs> I think I think one of the girls was older, and she had a car, and she drove us down. You know, it was yeah. like the first time kind of going downtown Minneapolis on our own, too. So, But, you know, it was um, it was Brittany had sort of taken a turn, like a dark turn at that point. Like, she, mm-hmm. had, it was no longer like the schoolgirl thing, and it was, it was like the, 
I think her big, like, I'm a slave for you was her big. So it was like she was kind of turning a little edgier. But it was a cool light show, and, like, the production was incredible. Uh, we were up in the top level, so, that I mean, it was, but it was, it was. Uh, a lot of dancing. She's a good dancer. Yeah. yeah. She's a really I mean, talented I mean, dancer, yeah. And you, and that was when you realized that she was lip syncing, too, so. <laughs> oh, you knew that at the time? I think you could kind of tell at that oh. yeah. And I don't remember if it came out afterwards that. Yeah, I don't know what stars, point that happened. Those pop stars were mostly doing lip syncing. It was post Millie Vanilli, though, I think. Yeah. I think they'd already kind of broke the mold on the old lip syncing thing. Yeah, yeah. Did uh, you win the girls over? Yeah, what happened to them? <laughs> um, I mean, I think we were like their last choice. As <laughs> like most guys had turned them down to go to this concert with them. Yeah. You know? uh, so you didn't get another I, date. <laughs> you know, Mike is still my, my best friend to this day. And I asked him, I was like, was that your first concert too? And he said, no, I went to, I went to Green Day and Blink-182 Blink like a couple months before that. And I'm like, so I'm the guy who has to keep this as my first concert. Uh, well, uh, it, um, you know. Full disclosure, I've been to a Britney concert. You have? Well, I took my daughter. Okay. That's and, and two of her buddies. Fight. Yeah. But I remember the one cool thing that she had at the concert was a countdown clock. You know, you go to shows and it was, you know, 8 o'clock or 7 o'clock. Well, by 8.15, they might come on. You know, Prince was notorious for that. Whoever it was, rock and roll. Country acts were pretty on time, but rock and roll wasn't. So she had a countdown clock coming up 40 minutes, 30 minutes, 25, which I thought was kind of cool. And she came out on time. and. Cool. And uh, I don't m- remember much more about the show, but it was... <laughs> when was this that you went? Like, was it more recently? It was recently at XL or? Energy Center. Okay. So, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I'd have to look it up, but it, was, okay. it wasn't that long ago. Well, how old's your daughter? At the time? Or, well, yeah, that would probably date when you yeah, would probably, take her. Would that be 10 years ago, maybe? Okay. Somewhere in that vicinity? Because she's been doing... I think she's been doing a Vegas residency yes. for a while, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I don't think she's touring around anymore. Yeah. I think I appreciate Britney more now that I've saw, saw the documentary on her, you know. Yeah. But the smart guy would do what you did to try to understand women a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to a kind of an all, a lot of female uh, uh, fans there. Yeah. And so you were getting a pretty good lesson in... In, uh, and I now have three daughters, so that probably will prepare me for watching yeah. the concerts. It was all fake, Nick. It was meant to happen. Yeah. You will see many teeny boppers yes, <laughs> in the yes. future. Audrey, hang on. Now I'm gonna we're uh, we're right. gonna come to you here in a second and find out your uh, first concert. I do want to say thanks to the folks at Propane. You know, we've talked a lot about it, and it's really in the news again right now. As it always will be forever. I'm gonna guess reducing carbon emissions. It's good for all of us. The fact is, though, that we're just not sure how to reduce these things because we have increasing energy. So that's where I'll mention propane, an excellent way to reduce emissions and yet meet energy needs. It's a clean, non-toxic energy source and to reduce carbon emissions right now. In fact, this is what's interesting. Propane's carbon intensity score in Minnesota is only 80. Grid electricity in Minnesota. Now, this includes wind and solar has a much higher carbon intensity score of 136. So when you think about that, you probably didn't know that using propane was that much cleaner than electricity. And there's an abundance of propane. And the growth of this renewable propane means it can be used for generations to come. So millions of us rely on propane to heat our homes, our businesses, fuel vehicles on road and off, much more. And it makes propane the right energy right now. So I'd find out more about what propane can do for you in the environment by simply going to propane.com and reading more and learning more, which you probably may not know a lot about, but it's a, the timing is perfect on that. Okay, we're talking with the, uh, the writers from Axios, The Daily, with Audrey and Tori and Nick. And again, you can subscribe to their 
uh, to their newsletter, which I do every day as well, and it'll it'll make you smarter right away in the morning. As a matter of fact, I want to uh, ask Audrey though yes. about your first concert and what was it? Uh, mine was Paul McCartney, which oh, I feel my. like is a respectable one to have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was. I will say it was not my choice. Not that I was mad about it or anything, but my dad has been a Beatles fan my entire life. Mm-hmm. So we were living in Houston at the time, and he took me and my two brothers uh, to go see him at. Minute Maid Park, uh, where the Astros play. <laughs> oh, man. When yeah. was that? Uh, 2011, I'd like to say. I think I looked it up before this, and it was 2010, 2011. And, and what'd you think of the concert? I How loved fo- it. So you were familiar with the Beatles, and if oh, your dad yeah. was. Oh, yeah. I was very familiar with Paul McCartney in general. No, I loved it. He opened with Magical Mystery Tour. And oh, boy. What, I was 12 at the time, and I was just entranced. <laughs> it was, yeah, I was a big fan. Where were your seats at? Do you remember? I think my dad actually, not very close. You're probably like middle, you know, not total nosebleeds, but my dad is such a big fan. He was like, I'm going to splurge for something that's probably not $5 a ticket. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And and at the time McCartney was singing back on that 11 tour, that was an expensive (laughs) ticket. Now you look at what they're (laughs) charging. Yeah. But now you look at what they're charging for. I uh, see Springsteen's new concert. Yeah. Yeah. Woof. Yeah. Well, it's the, these, the buyer, these like, these secondary buyers buy all the tickets, and then you can yep. get yeah. That's it's tough. All right, so Audrey, what else do you remember about that show? It was um, just ju- you and your dad, and who else? My dad, mom, and my two younger brothers. Okay. Yeah, my younger brothers were I think six and nine at the time. Wow. So Did they <laughs> behave or not? Um. Well, two of us I think got lost while going to the bathroom oh, in this packed mob of people. <laughs> so I'm sure my parents at the time had a complete heart attack. But other than that, I remember we got T-shirts. Uh, my dad got me an XL so that I could really grow into it. And I still have it. <laughs> it has so many holes in it over the years, but I still do have it somewhere. <laughs> so at what point during the show did you get lost? Um, was it like during halfway. the show? Yeah, I think it was during the show. So did your parents not enjoy a few songs, worry about where you were? <laughs> Potentially. I honestly don't remember too well, but I know that I made it back just fine. <laughs> okay. And so favorite, you remember Magical Mystery Tour? Yes. Do you remember any of the other songs on that set? Not particularly. No. Well, that's no, pretty I good. I wish I did. But, but to remember the opening song, I yeah. can't. I don't know what the opening was. was my first concert either. But mm-hmm. yeah, well, that's pretty memorable. Seeing yeah. McCartney. That holy smokes. Do you yeah. listen to the now. Beatles now? Yeah, or, definitely. Do you still listen to me? Do you? Yeah. What did you say? I said he's on tour now, I think. And Is I he? just saw someone share about his New York show, or may have been in the football stadium over in New Jersey, that Bruce Springsteen showed up at it. And how cool would that be? Oh, man. Yeah. Paul McCartney and Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, someone else showed up too, didn't they? Probably, I mean, probably. I think anybody who's in the area shows up. Another podcast I listened to was talking about that because uh, the person who hosts this podcast thought that every they were really far back, and she thought that everybody was booing. And she turned to her husband and was like, "Why are they booing?" And he said, "No, they're saying Bruce." <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, uh, I think now that you mention it, Audrey, I think when I saw McCartney at the XL, oh, I hate this put this on him but i think he said hello wisconsin to start oh no <laughs> and of course the crowd they love paul so they weren't going to boo him but they, but there definitely wasn't a i think that was uh, you know what didn't he play target field once too yes the last time not, long ago. Yeah. Yeah. not long ago not long ago went to that one which yeah. i every everyone said that was just a fantastic concert yeah my mother-in-law Beautiful was there and loved it. Center, yeah. yeah yeah he's a showman uh, I mean, he, he obviously he knows how to put on a, a show. But I, when I walked into the, and I, th- I think Brianna and I have talked about this before. I believe when I walked in, and I walked in with my buddy Kevin Lynch. Um, Kevin does uh, 
a lot of stuff for the Timberwolves on TV now, but we've been buddies as a gopher basketball player. We've been friends for a long time. And so he and I went to that concert. And I have to ask him, I'm almost sure that's the concert we walked into behind Amy Grant and Vince Gill, who were there to see it. I'm almost sure. Now, why? They must have been towners. I don't know why, because it was kind of like, huh? What are we? What are they doing at the XL Energy Center? Just kind of weird. So I assume she was performing. But anyway, I remember that about the McCartney concert. I also remember when I saw him, and I wonder if that was part of that same tour, because you're saying 11, right? Yeah, I think it was the On the Run tour. Yeah, maybe that was, I can't remember, but I remember people in the crowd. So I was sitting, where I sit, and I could see down in the front row pretty well, or the, the front rows, rather, um, from the side where we were sitting. And people were crying. When he sang "Let It Be," uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was emotional for people. McCarty was wow, what a great first concert! Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't like you know, it wasn't like going to Britney Spears. <laughs> no, I mean, in, no, when, when I, people look back at history, they'll say <laughs> Britney Spears, Paul McCartney, like changed music, both of them yeah. equally. <laughs> Absolutely, John Mayer. Don't yeah. Oh yeah. Well, John Mayer, I was going to say like that. What's interesting is like at the time he was sort of a pop teen pop. Star, but like, and now he's just a very well-respected musician. Mm-hmm. I mean, his guitar skills are up there, right? Oh gosh, yeah, he was really good. Yeah. So, if I said, uh, Tori, you're going to set up a concert, who are you going to book? Oh, Bruce. But I would want to see him like outdoor. Like, I want. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I looked at getting the tickets. Like Nick was mentioning, you know, the resale they're just pretty expensive. So I'm holding out for now. But he's on my bucket list. Um, Have you seen him before? Well, I was trying to think about, I have not seen him fully in concert, but mm-hmm. didn't he perform in 2000, at 2008 um, at the Lincoln Memorial ahead of Obama's inauguration? I think he did a song there, and I was there uh, to cover it. Um, so I saw a little bit of it there, but um, I haven't seen him. Uh, I have always wanted to see Celine Dion. Yeah. The, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I think that she actually stopped playing for a while in Vegas. Her residency yes. might be on pause, yep. so I might yep. have missed the boat there. Um, and then Beyonce is another that I would just like love to see. I've been to Beyonce. So I <clears throat> would put them all together in one show just for me at Fenway. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that I, I think when you, I win the jackpot, could, when I win the Mega Millions this week, that's what I'm doing. You could you could make enough at that to see the Springsteen show. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Audrey, you're gonna you're gonna set up a concert. Who would it be? Good question. I'm actually not an arena show person. I've learned that about myself. I'm way more of a small venue. Uh, I have had tickets to see Beach House twice now in my life, and both times I've had to miss it for various circumstances. <laughs> so that's just a bucket list because I feel like I have to do it. And I've What's been Beach House. Uh, They're more of a like dream pop indie okay. pop band. Um, I am a big fan. I've been kind of on a dream pop kick lately. Kind of so. like War on Drugs band. Maybe. I couldn't tell okay. you, to be honest. Okay. Um, I would probably do, yeah, Beach House's uh, headliner and then a band I've been listening to lately is like a smaller band from the UK called Night Tapes, and it's a, kind of a similar vibe. So I'd do that as the opener. I don't know. I don't really have any like really big names on my list, to be honest, because most of what I listened to growing up, uh, those bands are not around anymore. So I don't think I could get them to reunite <laughs> for my stadium <laughs> show. <laughs> well, I would have to, I mean... Um, Bruce is the same with me, which is like I feel like both both Bruce and, and and Paul McCartney, like I haven't seen them yet, and like what are how many chances am I going to have at this point? But I guess I'm kind of in the same boat, Audrey. I, I don't really love arena shows either. Like one of my biggest regrets was 
Black Keys, like on their last tour before they went huge, played at First Avenue Main Room. And I like my biggest regret was not going to that concert because like they had already blown up. It's like had they? Yeah, and like you could still see them at First Avenue. Like I would love to do something like that. Um, I saw one of my like the I actually saw what would have been like my favorite lineup at a we went down to Waverly, Iowa for a Mumford and Sons tour. But it was I did, it wasn't really for Mumford and Sons. There was it was a two day concert and and Jenny Lewis, Dawes, and Flaming Lips all played, and I that was like the greatest like day of music for me. I much prefer outdoor yeah. venues and concerts too, like it an was, amphitheater, amphitheater or like a music festival. I just think it's a nice vibe. It was so it was the, this was the wildest concert experience in my life because it was in this field in Iowa, and it was this little town, this little bucolic town that you know was right there and there's this gorgeous concert set up every night both days of the concert were gorgeous the music was amazing but this huge storm rolled in and everyone mm. was camping in this farm field and it, it was like 80 mile per hour winds hail flooding rains like people's tents were floating away they were blown down but the worst thing that happened was everyone's cars were parked in this field and it became oh. mud oh. and it was on this slanted hill and People couldn't get their cars out of there. I mean, we people were pushing their cars, and we were out there in this mud field up to our knees, <laughs> trying to push our Toyota Rav out of this thing. <laughs> and my wife—she was my girlfriend at the time—but my wife said, "said I will never do this again, <laughs> and we will never go to like a camping concert deal ever again." It's like a mini Woodstock. It was. It was. Luckily, it wasn't too out of control. Like the people who are going to a Mumford concert are not going to get too out of control. Yeah, but, you know, I don't. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they don't have that. Doesn't seem like they, you'd have much trouble at yeah, a Mumford. I, yeah, I thought this is good thing. It's not like a '93 X show or something like that, you know, or whatever that one was. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I saw Chris Stapleton before he was Chris Stapleton. Did a little three song set, and I went I went over and chatted. You know, there's 50 people there. It was just kind of a promotional deal, and I think Billy Currington was a headliner. We've I think we've talked about this, and the nicest guy hmm. in the world. And then he, he then it blew up for him right after that. And that same thing happened with Florida Georgia Line. Met them just as their first single was hitting, and they were in town. And uh, they're fun, yeah. And nice, nicest people. God, those guys were nice. So that it's always kind of refreshing. Of course, on the way up, you know, once you become a star, <laughs> I'm sure all the demands and things make maybe make you. Do, I don't know. But they were, they could not have been nicer. But Stapleton is just it's so fun to see people like that all of a sudden have this enormous. Success. How did you meet the Florida Georgia Line? Were they on the? Did they come on the radio? Or you just like ran into them? Or? So they were. They were in town. You know, a lot of the acts when they're new, they'll come to the the radio stations mm-hmm. that play their music, and they played it on our FM, the country music, and so they'd come in and they'd visit you, and obviously, you know, just meet you, and hopefully, you'd play their record, <laughs> that sort of thing. And so that's how I met them, and then they, uh, uh, my buddy, had a Best Buy store in Apple Valley, and so they were going to perform there. For you know, four or five songs at the Best Buy, at the Best Buy in, in the, middle the parking of the store, lot or inside, inside <laughs> at nine thirty in the morning. What right. section of the Best Buy? <laughs> right in the middle of the store. So right, in the, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. It's a good question, but it was right in the middle of the store. My buddy was a manager there at the time. He said, and I knew they were going to be there. He said, I'm going to come on down since I get off the air, and I went down there, and and they were great. But nobody really knew who they were. And then I bet you it could have been more in a couple weeks after that. Boom. 
So what you're saying is we should all go hang out at Best Buy's with our autograph books. <laughs> that seems like such a, lo- yeah. a lo- so long ago. Well, yeah, like mall you know. shows, you know, well, things like that. I yeah. guess Mall of America <clears throat> still does things like that. But uh, yeah. Yeah. but but again, they were you know right. They were still selling. Uh, yeah. You know now everything's downloaded. Right. You wouldn't go to a CDs. Best Buy to go get that album dropping. Yeah, but. I yeah. don't know. People do it for Taylor Swift for Target whenever she does exclusive. Oh, really? Releases. I didn't yeah. know that. I know. I don't know if she still does it, but I think one of her last albums, she put like various things in the actual CD, and they were only available at Target. So people would go there and try and snap them all up, and then you know, oftentimes resell them on eBay. Did but. she do appearances at Target? Then probably no, not. No, I think it was just more exclusive, like albums. That's the people are, I guess, still lining up for albums occasionally. Isn't that right something? Person. Yeah. Yeah, vinyl is made. I mean, oh, who yeah. would have thought it? You know, um, Taylor Swift has driven in my old car before. All right. What's that story? Well, no, no. Hang on. Hang on. I want to hear that. We all want to hear that story. Do you guys know this story? I don't no. know. Okay. Hang on, Tori. We're going to get that story in a second. Uh, Tori and Audrey and Nick from Axios Daily are with us. And, of course, you can subscribe to that. Uh, as I mentioned, I do. I have since they began. And it'll, it'll let you know what's going on right away. And it's a great read. So I would make sure to take advantage of that. I do want to mention one of our great sponsors, and that's uh, Star Bank. Uh, the folks out there, Andy and... Uh, Harry and all the people that do the great things uh, for 11 different locations here in the state of Minnesota. So they have a, it's a kind of a high-touch, high-service type of bank. They still actually, this is something very unusual, they answer their phones. A real person does. And that's kind of handy, too. They have uh, a lot of uh, banks around the area, and now here in the metro, in Eden Prairie, you'll find their main location, but they're doing all sorts of things, so I don't know what kind of loan you might be looking for. They kind of grew up and were raised in, in uh, rural Minnesota, so they, they've supported agriculture for a long time and the needs of our local farmers, so they understand ag-related business. Now we're all obviously into a lot of high-tech banking, whether uh, on our phones or our computers, and they do all of that. <clears throat> That's no problem. But I just think it's cool when you go over there that you meet somebody, you can chat with them and talk with you can call them and find out things, which is kind of nice. Uh, very involved in the communities that they serve. I know that for a fact, and you know that too if you're in one of these communities that Starbank serves. But they do all of Minnesota, and they have a great mobile app at starbank.net. Just make sure that you find out more there when you get a chance, or better yet, just call them. You're certainly uh, uh, important to them when you do. And the technology in the tractors now is out of sight. I just You, only, you don't have to steer them. It's amazing, and the, you, you know what to plant, where to plant it, and what's the soil been doing the last few years. They understand all of that. Boy, I remember driving a tractor with a, in fact, it didn't even have a radio on it. That's, it was a long day out there in the field. It's a whole different ballgame, and they've been there from the beginning till now. They're great. Starbank.net. Look for them on the web and check them out. All right, Tori. Taylor Swift story? Got to hear it. Um, so my brothers and I all went to this like small boarding school in Western Massachusetts. So we like went away and lived at school. And when my youngest brother was there and he was like the version of an RA at boarding school, like the senior living with the younger kids, one of the guys on his hall, um, ended up dating Taylor Swift. Oh my. Yep. Um, Did she write a song about him? I think she might've written a song about him. Um, but this was like, I don't know, 10 years ago, probably. And, uh, so my brother was going out to Cape Cod and like, I think he was maybe going to Martha's Vineyard or something with some friends. And so he parked at his buddy's house, you know, like, like left his car with some of his friends and apparently she went on a ride. So I hope she enjoyed our, <laughs> our, uh, beat up like 2002, uh, Camry that all the kids in our family drove. Uh, but yeah, so he was, you know, 
they they all kind of like made fun of the, the the guy at the time for dating Taylor Swift. The other boys uh, didn't think it was that cool. Uh, but uh, I'm guessing yeah, there's a, the a lot of jealousy would be my maybe, maybe my the guess. jealousy was. Uh, were they in a serious relationship or was it? Uh, yeah, just like they a were. Wow. pretty serious. He was. I mean, he was one of the um, the Kennedy kids. The, oh, the, so that's like what he, I uh, thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I weirdly so remember like the, this specific yeah. person so, she dated. And the other stories that yeah, I forget his first name. But then um, the uh, there's some like tabloid pictures of him with her, and he's wearing this shirt that my brother and their friends made for their meat club. <laughs> Like they're the like men and they call, I think they called it mankind eating animals together or something oh. like they had this like meat club and one of the, the paparazzi oh boy. Pits it is. But yeah, no, Jeff, uh, my little brother, uh, uh, parked the car, asked his friend if he could store his car for a weekend at his house. And, and lo and behold, someone had to go on a, I don't know, beer run or something with Taylor Swift. And, uh, there we go. We should have like sold the seat on eBay. Well, yeah, where's yeah. the car now? Uh, probably totaled. Oh yeah. yeah. yeah we had a say, you should have pulled the seat out. And the said, van and like, children Taylor are Swift not good drivers. Uh, there have been many car accidents, uh, but luckily everybody's always been okay. But uh, yeah. Well, Massachusetts yeah, Mutual is close by there. So. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, but that's my Taylor Swift story. So. Wow. So um, that's a great story. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I'm, I met her. Oh. And again, talk about somebody that was kind and nice. And she, cause she got, I think she just got it. Or else she's just maybe a regular person. I don't know if you know. I don't know if you can be again, like we talked it, about. Yeah. But she was very, very nice. Uh, when I, Barbara said, "No, that started at a brush." Hey, Tori yeah. told me about that guy. Do you, you were remember dating. that old? Day? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that'll be interesting. If maybe, maybe there's a song about him. Maybe there's a song about well. the car. Yeah. <laughs> well, so you guys have been writing about music in a sense, and um, uh, Audrey, the amphitheater was a big story. Uh, Nick, was that your story? Yeah. Uh, in Shakopee. Yeah, I mean, is that going to happen? Area, yeah, I think so. It's the same group that did the Armory in Minneapolis, which I think they did a fantastic job on the Armory. Oh, Armory's great. Um, uh, just a wonderful venue. But uh, yeah, so they're they're serious developers, and I mean that that those renderings of that of that amphitheater look kind of unique. I don't know what to make of them, but Canterbury is just sort of that whole area is just kind of blowing up right now. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of development happening down there. It uh, you know, I that's the the amp the amphitheater thing. You know, there's one they're going to build in North Minneapolis too, on the riverfront. So I, I do wonder, like, uh, you know, how much, you know, are they going to be competing for acts or whatnot? Yeah. You know. Only half the year, right? Right. Yeah. So well, well, the yeah. You're looking at about five months, uh, yeah. maybe, of good empathy. But Shakopee's got things going. I went to uh, see. Uh, they have these concerts on the main street. Bring your lawn chairs. You got food vendors. A ton of food trucks. It's all free. I mean, to go to the music. Obviously, not giving the food out for nothing, but uh, and the crowds have been huge, and it's it's kind of a fun it's a Thursday night deal. Is that in their downtown? No, what day is this? Yeah. Uh, well, I got to sit and think about what day. that was uh, Wednesday night. Wednesday, night. yeah, yeah, right in the downtown, right off of uh, whatever the road is that runs through there, one hundred and one. Yeah, um, very cool. And speaking of buildings, they got a uh, their their county building there. For it must be Scott County's. Services right there, right? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's spectacular from the outside. I haven't been in there, but it, it I, the first time I saw it. So Shakopee seems to have their act together out there. <laughs> they got a lot of stuff going on. Have you seen Nick's series in the newsletter, Rendering versus Reality? 
about buildings. It's very funny. Oh, like, you know, you get the fancy renderings of what something's supposed to look like. Yeah. And then I usually take a picture of the exact <laughs> angle of when it actually is done and built and compare how they look next yeah. to each other. Not Architects the same. are very sensitive about it. <laughs> oh, and have you heard, gotten some feedback? I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, mostly people, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think we all look at these renderings and say, oh, wow, it's like a beautiful blue mm-hmm. sky day and people are <laughs> laughing and running around outside the building and... Carrying, you know, baskets full of bread from the market home. You know? <laughs> the reality in Minnesota is that mostly we're, we're like, you know, we have our jacket on and we're crouched over, like running into the next building. Cell phone out. Yeah. <laughs> How do I subscribe to the newsletter? I think if you just go to Axios Twin Cities in your Google search, mm. it, it'll you, and you click on the first link, it'll it should it should prompt you to sign up for the newsletter. Yep, cool. or axios.com uh, slash twin dash cities is another way to get there. Yeah, and uh, uh, and it's free. We should say it's free. Yes. Yeah, thanks for mentioning yeah. that. Really handy. Good to know, and it's a quick read, as you mentioned as well. I I enjoy uh, your coworker Kendall Baker's sports one. Yeah, the sports one's great. He does a lot of like looking at the numbers of sports. Oh, it just crushes sports. it with that. Yeah, uh, we got into a late night debate about the the. The, the the best franchise to never win a championship in sports, and we both agreed that it was the Vikings. Like, who else has had like more success except never won the big game? Yeah, you know, the Utah Jazz was the other possibility. We should write about this in the newsletter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the Vikings. Yeah, that would. Well, I don't know. That would be. I don't know if us Viking fans want to hear that. They've story. always been so relevant, though. Like, so you got the New England Patriots. What do you care, yeah, right? right? Yeah, yeah. it's an embarrassment of riches in <laughs> the Boston market. You know? Oh yeah, you got the Celtics. All right, as someone who grew up there, I don't, I don't know if you're a, a Fenway a baseball fan. A Boston fan, but do you like this yellow blue thing they got going on the uniforms? Oh, I haven't been watching this summer. Yellow and blue. Them. Yeah, I don't think I like that idea. I like the classic. I got a friend who yeah. pitched for the Red Sox, and yeah. he is not a fan. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of like it. It's kind, of, but I don't know why they're wearing it. It's blue. Why yellow? They brought is it last for Ukraine year, yeah. or something? Is it like no, no? no. They had them Before, last year yeah, because pre- I went, the game I went to at Fenway, they were wearing those uniforms. It was pre-Ukraine, sort of right? Yeah. Because huh. I think they were playing like the Pirates, and I was. Like, and I was like, wait, are the pirates playing right now? Yeah, who are the pirates playing? No, no, I like the classic. Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. All right, well, you guys, I appreciate you coming in. Thanks for having us. Thank you. There's no other stories you left out now, but but driving around in Taylor Swift's, or her driving around in your Camry, nothing else. Oh, by the way, you mentioned Lincoln Center, you mentioned Obama. You mentioned Obama. Yeah. And Springsteen. And I've seen Springsteen a bunch. He does, he, he, Works his rear end off. I mean, you do get your money's worth. The guy works hard. Um, but I just saw, and I had never seen it on YouTube, the Kennedy Center Honors. And it was, a, uh, they were honoring Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. And Hart came out and sang Stairway to Heaven. And I'm, I, I'm still shaking my head. So if you get a chance, pull that up and listen to that performance. And, and uh, the Wilson sisters were so good. Still are. But... That that song, and then you got you know, and Letterman must have been honored. I saw him in the audience and a bunch of people, but the the Led Zeppelin Robert Plant looked like he was crying. It was that good. So how did you manage going to these concerts and then waking (laughs) up at two thirty in the morning to go on radio? Like I mean, these things would wrap up at eleven. I imagine. Yeah, yeah, on a good night by eleven. Well, we're all birds of a feather, right? I assume you guys have to get up pretty early to get that newsletter, or do you? Like six, but six. Okay, that's probably sleeping into you. Well, mine was two forty-five for most of the years I did it for about thirty years, getting up at a quarter to three. 
for that very reason you talked about earlier, you want to read, you want to know. And I always said I knew about a little about everything, but not much about anything, you know, because you just kind of had to touch on it. But you didn't want to miss anything. Mile wide and inch deep. Yeah, so I'd go to quite a few concerts, go to quite a few musicals, sporting events. I just didn't want to miss anything. Take a nap in the afternoon? If I could. Yeah. But, but I didn't know. You had any, a golf game to keep up. <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably just playing golf. But you, you, you just do what you got to do, right? I guess I, don't, I didn't think about how tired I was. But I married a nurse who reminded me that, you know, you might want to start slowing down a little bit. I would just be terrified of being a little, you know, rusty on live radio. You know, what, what could I say if I have been up all night? Oh, okay. God. I remember going to a, um, we went to a, um, well, now I'm really digressing, Brian. You, uh, you can edit this out. But I remember my, my boss, so I'm a, young, I'm a young guy starting out. My boss, one of the guy's wife is pregnant so that we ha- have a baby shower we call them crop tours. You go to little town bars all around. And so my superiors, the two guys that, uh, one was program director and, and he, he, they both got hammered. So the guy's wife goes into labor that night and the one guy can't make it in on the morning no. show. So I get a call and say, Hey, you know, Larry's, they're going to have their first baby and you got, you know, you got to come in and cover. But the other guy who was part of that show, and I wasn't part of the morning show at the time. I was the afternoon guy. They came in, and they, this was not here in Minneapolis. This was elsewhere. But he came in, and he was hammered. He was just, he had way too many, and he was, and he, this, so this is my boss, and I got to keep him, uh, you know. <laughs> so you talk about coming in and not that coffee really. going. Yeah, and he had no clue what was going on, and he was just, it was bizarre. So maybe that was my early lesson in yeah. saying you can't, you have to be sharp every day. I mean, as sharp as you can be, I guess. Stay up, but drink water. <laughs> yeah, that's all I drink. Yeah. No, no coffee. Yeah. I didn't drink anything. I drank water every yeah. morning. Uh, but it was, I suppose some days are tough. I just, you just do what you got to do, right? Through it. it was Nick always I, fun. Yeah, we're both up a lot at night, but uh, because we both have small children, we're not going to concerts or doing cool things. So. <laughs> That also, well, you yeah. had kids, so you uh, yeah, know this, yeah. but you get, you get, there's a new reality, which is you can operate off less sleep, you know? Like, yeah. The idea of, of, of getting up early, like, when I was 22 was, like, out of this world, but now it's like, that'd be a piece of Yeah, it. we're up. Yeah. And if you, if you can sit in a chair for 10 minutes and fall asleep, although I will say, when I was doing that show, I could fall asleep pretty much anywhere at any time. Not while I was driving, but I mean, <laughs> but you'd sit in a chair and say, yeah, you know, boom, you're out. On a plane, that's always hard, but you probably do it easily. Yeah, you were, you were always overtired. But it was fun, right? It was fun. I mean, yeah. with you guys, you're kind of on the pulse of everything. You kind of have to know about everything, and then you're gonna, you get feedback. I, I know what that's like. You get feedback no matter what you say or write. Yep. So you got to kind of, you can't let your guard down too much. Or you're not going to be doing what you're doing. Yeah. So... Oh, they're reading closely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Were you all journalism majors? Yeah, I, I was. was. Yeah. 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 I went to school for print journalism. That's not even a major anymore. That was what no. I, my yeah, journal, journalism. Uh, print journalism, which is like, why would anybody call it a major that anymore? Yeah, they don't call it any, yeah. What uh, is it? Is it d- well, digital it something? Journalism. They just call it journalism, oh, okay. I think. I was on or, the professional yeah. journalism track. <laughs> well, as opposed to unprofessional? Yeah, yeah right? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And where'd you go to school? Uh, University of Minnesota. Oh, you did? Oh, so you go yeah. for? I didn't know that. Yeah. Nick, where'd you go? I went to Eau Claire, UW Eau Claire. Okay. And University of Southern California. 
fight on. Well, now, why would someone from Ma- from Vermont end up at USC? Because I grew up in Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> Bingo. I was yeah. like, you know, I get yeah. to go somewhere else that for was... four years and uh, have a totally different life. Los Angeles, 3,000 miles away, big city, beach. It was awesome. Yeah. And you'll get fun. to see your Trojans at U.S. Banks or Huntington yeah. Bank Stadium. Yeah, now you're, oh, that's right. You're Big that's Ten right. pretty yeah. soon. Yeah, our little alumni club. Um, we'll have to have a watch or something. Audrey just remembered something. I did. So Mick Jagger came to town in November, and at least in the Axios local sphere, we have heard about every time he comes to another town that we uh, have a branch in, he'll visit a local establishment. So we were all trying to figure out if he would actually go somewhere in the Twin Cities to go get a classic what, Juicy Lucy or any other food? Because uh, in Charlotte, he went to this like local dive bar and nobody noticed him, which is a whole other story. But the next day, I had called around to a couple places known for Juicy Lucy's and he was not pictured in the bars, but two out of the three, five, eight, and Matt's bar reported getting quote, out of the ordinary takeout orders. And so I called Matt's and she told me uh, they often get large takeout orders, but mysteriously, the night he was in town, three people who were wearing, quote, a lot of jewelry and looked like <laughs> rock stars <laughs> came in that night and picked up like every different kind of Juicy Lucy. And then 5-8 also reported, I think they said a roadie type kind of guy picking up a bigger order. And then Grumpies, I had called them and they said, that if he came in, it was news to them. So, because I think he said a, on stage that he had a juicy exactly. Lucy or something, right? Yeah. yeah. So Andre went sleuthing for it. Yeah. Yeah, because Matts and Five Eight are pretty close to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This um this Charlotte story. I mean, what, what's the bar Thirst, called? Thirsty, Thirsty Beaver. Beaver. It's a legendary. <laughs> we have all bar been to the Charlotte. Thirsty Beaver together, actually, at our one of our company meetings. But um, it's just this amazing picture of Mick Jagger standing in front of this tiny little dive bar, and everybody around them just smoking, drinking, like not not <laughs> looking at him. He's got his shoulder on a drink he's rail just, with like a, he's having a beer in his hand, and nobody even notices that he's there. He's just standing there. And our colleague wrote this amazing story that the headline's like Mick. Effing Jagger showed up at the thirsty beaver. I think it was Mick Effing Jagger showed up at the thirsty effing beaver. Nobody nobody noticed. noticed. (laughs) We're a family publication, so we had asterisks in there. uh, I'm trying to remember now because someone did tell me that they they did indeed. He was sort of low key at Grumpy's too. Like he might have actually been at Grumpy's. And that's his. Didn't make a big thing of it. Yeah, he kind of like slides in and uh, uh, yeah, under uh, undetected to the local. Haunts, uh, go to local haunts. Well, undercover, you know. Have you ever seen anybody out to eat here? Or yeah, well, so uh, I'm at Matt's bar. Funny you mention that. We do every once we do a staycation where we go to all the Twin Cities. My wife and I go to the Twin Cities places that we talk about. Just you know, you never go to because you're busy working, raising kids, whatever. So we just went to all these places, and Matt's bar was on the list. Where she had never been, I'd been there before. If it's a dive bar, it's a good chance I've been there before. <laughs> and we walk in, and there's this about uh, six guys that came in a in a uh, van. It's in the afternoon. It's red hot. They're all wearing you know black t-shirts or and, and long hair, and they look like uh, they all look like they're about my age, and they look like they're a rock band. So they're walking in and. Uh, they're taking pictures in front of Matt's. Each of them runs over and takes And so I said, hey, I see you guys want me to take the picture. Ah, oh, be great, be great, man. So I walk over and put them under the Matt's sign, take their pictures, give them thanks, and appreciate it. And I, says, I said, are you guys a, uh, 
are you in a band? I said, is, are you playing somewhere? And he says, yeah. He says, yeah, we just played over in uh, Cadet or Cadet at that, that yeah. rock concert. Yes. And I'm going, okay, that's probably a pretty good band. And of course, Mr. Heavy Metal, you know, I'm, uh, I think I am. And I said, oh, what's the name of the band? <laughs> and he says, Skid Row. Oh, <laughs> I had no, I mean, do you think you're going to see Skid Row at Matt's on a, like a Tuesday afternoon? It was the weird, and you know, they've sold gazillions of records, right? But yeah, so I ran into Skid Row at Matt's. And, I, and of course, my wife couldn't wait. We said, and I says, oh, yeah. Mr. Heavy Metal had to ask who they were. I said, I know, I feel stupid. But you just don't expect it. So it's like, see, it's like seeing Vince Gill and, and Amy Grant walking into XL, you know? Huh? Just yeah, not a lot sense. of celebs here. I mean, except for the Super Bowl, there were celebs around. But uh, I went to when, a Foo Fighters concert one time, and I was on the floor, and I was watching it next to like the whole four on the floor band, which I know they're not huge, but locally they're a pretty big name, you know. And watched it with those guys. Yeah, the, how about you, Tori? Celebs, like seeing yeah, them in yeah. in here. Brushes with greatness. Well, your car story—it's kind of hard know, to top that. Um, I haven't. I mean, I used to live in. Brooklyn, and we would see kind of actors sometimes. There would be like yeah. filming in our streets there. Um, but during the Super Bowl here, I did go for a story to um, uh, Justin Timberlake was having his album launch party. I don't know if you remember this because he was performing, and at, so his album time, yeah. was coming out, and it was the like Northwoods, Montana Woods album. And um, an editor I used to work with as a freelancer at the time assigned me a story on. Um, what we can learn about personal brand marketing by watching Justin Timberlake's album uh, roll out. So I go to this party and it's at Paisley Park. And I think there was actually a little controversy about that because people didn't really like that he was doing it there. But it was a very bizarre party because he didn't perform. It was before the Super Bowl and he's just hanging out in this VIP area in the middle with his wife, I think Jessica Biel. Yeah, born in Ely, Minnesota. And some other celebrities and stuff. Yeah, we're there and... uh, they're just all listening. They just played the album and he's kind of dancing with his friends and everybody else is like eating Montana themed food or something. Um, <laughs> anyways, the punchline is that uh, the album flopped <laughs> and so the story got canceled. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I had done, you know, she was like, uh, you know, this really didn't go very well. So we're just, you know, I'll pay you a kill fee that if you're a freelancer and you do a story and it doesn't work out, they'll pay you like half the, half the fee. So, um, but I did go to the party and I got a little sample of a like perfume that's supposed to smell like the woods or something, you know, I think the story would have been better because the album flopped. Like Mm -hmm. that, that editor should have had like the, you know, that's not like a girl boss media. uh, (laughs) I mean, it was like some sort of like women's publication I was doing it for. She didn't, she didn't really like that, that, that other angle, but, uh, yeah, that was the, that was kind of, it was just very bizarre. Um, uh, that was my, that was my Super Bowl brush. Um, but I did have one other story. Mm-hmm. My, um, you mentioned the Kennedy Center before, and I was thinking about how you'd be surprised that actually a lot of political events end up having like intersections with, you know, there's musical artists that perform at the conventions. And when I covered California politics, there'd be all sorts of um, artists that would come in for the big parties at the political con- conventions and stuff. But in 2008, I was an intern in D.C. Uh, for a publication called Roll Call. And I got assigned to cover the funeral of uh, Congressman Tom Lantos. Uh, He had died and it was Valentine's Day. And it was in this like statue hall in the uh, the U.S. Capitol. And Bono was there. 
And he starts, you know, speaking and he's giving a eulogy because he knew from like human rights work, this congressman. And all of a sudden he just starts singing. He was like, you know, it's Valentine's Day and the love of uh, Tom Congressman's life was his wife who's sitting right here. And I think he would want me to sing to you. And he starts singing, all you need is love. It's acapella. It's acapella by himself. It's like out of a movie or something. But uh, yeah, it was... uh, pretty surreal. I'm like a 21 year old intern. (laughs) Like, how am I supposed to write this? Uh, with all these dignitaries and stuff, but you know, you never know where journalism is. You know, this like journalism, you never know what you're going to interact with or who you're going to find or what you're going to see that day. It's just a a fun ride. Do you know, is there like, which are the hotels that celebrities usually, are there like one or two hotels that all the arts music arts usually? Now it's probably going to be four seasons. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I remember the the if traveling like baseball greatness. teams used to go to the Grand Hotel. Right that's the Grand. That's where I. That's yeah. where. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them. So Madonna. See people get trying to get autographs outside of there. Yeah. Yeah, Springsteen would stay there. Madonna stayed there. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Lakers stayed there, and then they had a nice, beautiful basketball court. And yeah. so some will go down. The I good think night. the Graves Hotel used to have. Oh, now the Lowe's yeah. six hundred one. Yeah. On Blocky had a lot of celebs that stay there. I think that's where. Was that where Obama picked Biden to be his VP in that in that hotel? I can't remember. There was like they were traveling. I don't remember. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> um, my husband and I met. We were political reporters in California, mm-hmm. and it was Schwarzenegger years. Uh, oh wow, interesting. Schwarzenegger term, and uh, the governor, then Governor Schwarzenegger, actually went to the same gym my husband went to, and the only. Thing he said or remembered from it is just that um, Arnold loved the mirrors. <laughs> he said he would just be there and he'd have his you know body guys and his guys and he'd just be like looking at himself, <laughs> curling the weights in the mirror, and he was just like whatever yeah. you know. It has security details when it was the sun, but uh, yeah, very classic. Well, someone who covered it that probably didn't shock you, did it? No, very different than Tim Walls, <laughs> the governor to cover. I bumped into yeah. Governor Walls at a Bob Seger concert one time. All right. Before he All was right. governor or while? I got it. I don't, I can't rem- remember if he had maybe just become governor. It was the last time Bob Seeger was here. I bet he just become governor. I'm not sure. Uh, and Governor Plenino you know, was a big concert goer. Oh, yeah. He loved going to the shows. How is Bob Seeger in concert? Outstanding. I, I mean, just oh, absolutely like spectacular. I don't know if he's going to tour again or not, but he, yeah, he was off the charts good. But so was Elton John last time he's here. I wasn't expecting that. His final, you know, his final go oh, round, which is fun. got yeah. another year left in it, I think. But he was really, really good. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on. It's really nice to meet you in person, finally. Yeah. Uh, and I've known Nick a long time, but uh, Tori Van Oot, Nick Halter, Audrey Kennedy, thanks for coming in from Axios uh, Daily. That's the Minnesota version here in the Twin Cities. As we mentioned, you can subscribe to that. Also to this podcast, we're at Spotify, we're on Apple, we're at TalkNorth.com. And we are, uh, you know, you can subscribe to this too and get it every week. It's called My First Concert with Dave Lee. We kind of got off on a couple of tangents here today, which just is part of the fun. Brianna has been here putting it all together. We appreciate you joining us. Our thanks to StarBank for making this possible at StarBank.net and also for Propane, the environmentally friendly energy for everyone. So you can go to Propane.com and learn more about that. Dave Lee here, My First Concert. We'll be back next week. See you then. 